This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome to Tort Talk. I am Paul Stadden, the guy who knows what questions to ask, but doesn't know the answers. That's why I have the guy who does know the answers on the show. This is Terrence Gross. He is an attorney, and he knows the answers to your legal questions, and, well, my legal questions too, I suppose. Terrence, how you doing, man? Doing great. Glad to have you here, and I feel like a winner every single time I talk to you, which means I may not have to worry about today's topic, but I'm going to ask you the questions anyway. What is this loser pays rule? And this is in civil suits, right? Correct. Is it applicable in Florida? Is that something people have to worry about here? Yes, absolutely. Well, crap. Oh, good. Thank you for that. Um, so how does this loser pays rule work? I, I mean, I have my assumptions, but it, nobody's here to listen to my assumptions. Well, I started practicing law in the state of Florida in 1979, and there was no such rule. Uh, it was codified in 1986. It, it began first with uh, medical malpractice cases, but as of 1986, it applied to all civil cases, which could be personal injuries uh, suits. It could be contract disputes. It could be all of the above. And, but don't, there are certain mechanisms that make it come into play. It's not automatic. So number one, you must file a lawsuit. There has to be a pending lawsuit for the loser's payroll to come into play. Then you have to wait 90 days after the lawsuit before the certain paperwork can be filed. And the paperwork is either, it's got two names. It means pretty much the same thing. Uh, one is a proposal uh, for settlement and the other one would be offer a judgment. But, but they all mean the same thing. It sets up the other side to maybe pay attorney's fees. Uh, so sometimes I file it. And sometimes the defense files it. So, for instance, we do a lot of whiplash work. And whiplashes are very tough because the injuries are invisible. And it could boil down to the credibility of your plaintiff. So, when you go to court, it's the verdicts are all over the place on whiplashes. You could, have, you could lose your shirt or the jury could hear you and just feel so sorry for you. And it rolls upside down. Even though your injuries are invisible, they award you $300,000. Uh, so, I'll give you the best example. I'll give you one of my examples. So I had a, uh, I'm actually representing a sheriff's deputy, an Okaloosa County sheriff's deputy. He had a whiplash. He was rear-ended by an ambulance. Oh, my gosh. And uh, he had a whiplash, mainly seen a chiropractor, but it had an MRI. It showed a herniated disc. So uh, he goes to a neurosurgeon for two or three appointments, and the surgeon goes, you're eventually going to need surgery, young man. So that's the case. Of course, the guy, A, didn't really want surgery, and he was also a single parent and didn't have the time to take off for surgery. So they offered us $40,000, which I thought was very low for that type of finding. I wanted $100,000. We go to court, but I filed my offer of judgment for, I filed one for $100,000. They filed one for forty. dollars So had the jury come in at 25% less than forty dollars or under thirty. dollars my client would have been responsible for paying their attorney's fees and, and costs. So, you know, he got reared by the ambulance. Right. He could have ended up writing a check to the ambulance people. Oh, my gosh. But meanwhile, meanwhile, if we did get a verdict of 40% higher than the 100000 I mean, 25% higher, excuse me, 25% higher than the 100000 or over 125000 then the court would award me attorney's fees and costs. As it turned out, the jury felt he needed surgery, awarded ah. us a future surgery. So the jury came back at 250000 Oh, okay. All right. But that's not the end of the story. Oh, oh okay. So the judge gave me 100000 in fees on top of that. So 
First, we got the 250, then the judge awarded me another 100 and 17,000 for what I paid to go to court. So they ended up paying us 357, even though we would have taken 100. So what it's done, what that has done, Paul, it sort of has a little bit of a chilling effect. In fact, I'll give you another good example okay, from okay. today. My uh, son-in-law is one of my law partners, uh, Dalton Allen, and he had this case, and he was trying to get 30. He wanted 30. They were offering 5,000. So it was a 30 limit. He won the whole 30. They went to mediation the day, and the whole time, the insurance lawyer saying, you know, we filed this thing for whatever. We're going to file one for 20, and if it goes below 15,000, you're going to owe us a lot of money. <laughs> and it scared the heck out of the client, and the client took 20. Because, oh my gosh. So it takes maybe a small stakes poker game and makes it high stakes poker. So a lot of you out there are willing to pay, you know, nickel dime quarter poker and you're having so much fun. If you start playing five, 10, $20, all of a sudden uh, right. it's real poker. So that's what it's done. But it, it, but it, it was designed to eliminate lawsuits to, and it's, and it's worked. So back in the day, I tried about three personal injury cases a year and went to trial. That was a lot. Believe you me, mm -hmm. three jury trials a year for a personal injury lawyer is a lot. I now try one every three or four years because they're few and far between. Because now plaintiffs got skin in the game. Before, it was just the lawyer. So the lawyer would say, well, if we lose, you don't have to pay me anything, sir. You don't owe anybody. And, and that's what it is. Now the plaintiff's in the game. And all of a sudden, mm. a, a, a average middle-class person's got to think twice. But it also makes insurance companies think twice. Because I give you the example where I won, and that company gambled and lost. They paid three fifty-seven, <laughs> where they could have easily paid $100. Right. So I get that this can scare the average person because, you know, they're getting into a poker game with bigger stakes than they've ever imagined in their lives. I get the plaintiff side of this. What about your side? Uh, do you like the fact that this has reduced lawsuits? Is it something that you see better results on your end over? Or is it something that you kind of feel like the plaintiff does? This is a little bit of a scary poker game. A little bit of both, a little bit of both, like that, like today. So my, my, the, I knew the case that my um, partner settled for twenty. So I thought it was worth thirty because I had actually had the case before and handed it off to him. Uh, but I understand why they took twenty because okay. it, it for for that extra ten thousand, it's a it was a big gamble and, and all that. But ordinarily, I like it because I like to think I'm reasonable. Right. So it sometimes insurance companies just lowball. You're looking to file. Go what? What are you? I got a case right now that we're about to go to mediation on. We have filed a proposal. My lady was hit, had surgery. Her bills are a hundred thousand. They've offered me seventy five thousand, and I'm scratching my head. Go what? So that, you know, I think if I file a proposal, that's going to make them think twice. It gives them 30 days. They got 30 days to pay it. And if they don't pay in 30 days, then the hook is set. So I like to think I'm reasonable. So I think it works better for me. But the downside is what we just talked about is that it could scare a middle-class client that knows they're injured, but is not a big gambler. Some people you know, are, are just not gamblers. Right. And, and right. going to court is, is gambling. I mean, it's legalized gambling because whatever happens, happens. Right. Yeah. Is this something where you then advise your client to go one way or the other? I mean, I know that it's, it's tough for them because they may not see the same picture you see with, no, no, you have to understand that I believe the odds are going to go this way. You may think they're going to go this way, but I believe they're going to go in your favor. 
Yeah, and we do that. But the problem is, the problem is when I was a young lawyer, uh, I think when I came out of law school, I think I won my first eight jury trials and I felt bulletproof. Proof. Mm. And then I lost one and whatever. So over 43 years, I've lost about 10. Okay. And I've lost cases I really thought I should have won, mm. but I've won cases I thought I should have lost. Oh, so it, it it's like football games. You could, we're watching uh, March Madness. We're right okay, yeah, yeah. What a great example. How does the number 11th seed beat the number two seed? Happens every year, right? Everybody mm-hmm. does the brackets. We all right. mess up. And, and the odds are, you look at the body of work the whole season, you know, just like Auburn went down recently, and, and you're thinking, how in the world did they go out there? They looked invincible, number two seed, and boom, they're gone. And and, and Kentucky's already blown up. So uh, I'm a basketball fan, by the way, too. So if you look at it, well, going to court's the same thing. So you can have a, team, uh, have a case that looks so good that one juror, one rogue juror, maybe one person that hates lawyers or got a bad uh, experience with a lawyer could cause all that negativity to pour over to your case and you end up losing. Man, well, this all sounds like a gigantic game of paper, rock, scissors, uh, which terrifies (laughs) me just a little bit. But at the same time, I'm glad to have people in my corner who at least advise me in the right direction. And, you know, sometimes you got to be advised. Don't roll those dice, I guess. So, Terrence, how can people get a hold of you? Well, the best way, I guess, or one way would be the telephone, and that's 850-434-3333, or even better, at our web, grossandschuster.com. Grossandschuster.com. Go look for the answers to various questions you might have. And of course, don't forget to listen to the next episode of Tort Talk, where we are going to talk about, well, the title of the show, I guess, Tort Reform. Do we need to reform? We're not talking about reforming the show. The show is fine as it is, but but tort reform. So I'm looking forward to talking about that with Terrence next time. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next show. Mm